Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Hello and welcome along to the Wise Men Say Preview Show on Sun FM. It's me again doing it because Stephen's gone full Mares. Two weeks he's had off. No fine for him. We do how your standards, don't we? We we do. Um, I mean, yeah, seeing as though you got me in tonight as well. Yeah, some <laughs> might some might argue that Stephen not being here is a, a heightening of the standards. It depends which way you know what kind of feedback. You know, you'd give on the podcast. I don't know. I mean, only time will tell. I mean, I, I quite like him. I think he's a valuable member of the team. <laughs> given uh, we've done it for like five years together, but you know, uh, he's like my my work wife, husband, non gender specific <laughs> creature who would do this with. <laughs> Has anybody had a fun day? You come away from biker. Has anything? Have there been work. any incidents? Um, Did you see the grove? What happened? No, I saw the wall. Um, the wall, the wall, the wall. It's Matthew Keeling, by the way. Sorry, and, and Mac, Mickey loves here again uh, no. as well. Fairly uneventful journey. Fairly uneventful Fun. journey. Still late though. Uneventful. Well, I was late, yeah. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, no, but we didn't. But you must be a valued guest because we didn't start without you, and that was a. Stick. Well, we didn't well, start because I didn't. If there was three of us, we would start without them. <laughs> say, yeah. So well, I'm trying to boost the lads' confidence here. We're not just bashing them over the head. I'm quite happy to bash them over the head. On his lovely sort of well ado. I mean, if I bashed, yeah. if I bashed. Matthew on there that have con- <laughs> multiple consequences because obviously got such a delightful barnet and then obviously the head injury around it, it would be probably a massive blow for him on many levels, quite literally. Yeah, you'll just get mine the women's whiplash, so it's fine. Well, <laughs> at least there was a knock on the door though for me, unlike Jack Rodwell. So lovely, lovely segue. I don't want to talk about Jack Rodwell again, ever again. I had an incident today. Do you want to hear about my incident? Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> you just got I've yeah. already heard about you. Yeah, my trou- <laughs> my, I had a trouser issue. My uh, zip broke on my trousers, leaving um, an area of exposure. Um, Is that so what you I said in court? Um, no, I haven't been at court yet. <laughs> uh, that's to come. Um, but yeah, I had to go and buy some new trousers because they're quite a- an icy wind and. <laughs> Yeah, access to the <laughs> it's a funny story. glandular area was, you know, quite sort of prominent. So I couldn't. Uh, I, I had to go and rectify that at lunchtime. So I've got different trousers on. I went to work on one pair of trousers, and now I've got a different pair on. I can put a picture on of the uh, the rupture. Uh, we like to call the, the the rupture of the Did trousers. Did you keep the old trousers? I've got them in my bag. Um, I didn't want to put them in a work or? bin. No, they're beyond repair. They're beyond a bit repair. like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're ruined. Yeah, so basically we've, we've had a good strong start there. We haven't mentioned football at all. Um, we've talked about, we said gland on some FM. Um, I don't know if that's allowed. I might get an email from Simon Grundy in the morning, so let's, let's find out. You've said um, it again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the football that everyone's excited about at the moment. Um, 
yeah, what what's going to happen now? <laughs> Talk about it. Yeah, um, well, Saturday it's one of it's another one of them games. I think we seem to have about ten must-win games per season, and I think we, we keep on setting records every season for the earliest must-win game. I think yeah. we seem to have them in August and September. But I think this Saturday, it's a strange one because this time next Thursday when we're previewing the Middlesbrough game. We could be talking about two fantastic results and everything's looking up finally and we can <coughs> start to pull away from relegation zone or we could be saying we're as good as down. It is literally on a knife edge at the minute our season. Yeah, um, I, I said a few I, I did say a few weeks ago that I thought February come the end of February we would have a, a decent indi- indication of whether we're likely to to go down or stay up with the two home games coming up and the Bolton game, I think the next week, really, next week or so is is massive. I mean, we've got a lot of games to come now. It, it, I know. I think there's a, an international break at the end of March as well. I think um, so. We've got two and a half months to the end of the season because the last game is the sixth of May, mm. um, which is a lot. Feels a lot sooner it's than the World, World yeah, Cup. The, I the, yeah, the World Cup and the playoffs, obviously, in the Championship. <coughs> so, uh, yeah, two and a half months. Um, we've got fifteen games, um, and this this week. Coming is definitely the the week for me. Um, at the moment, at the moment, it's the week until next week when that will be the week. <laughs> biggest um, week since last week. The biggest <laughs> week since last week. Um, and yeah, because we've got obviously the, the the Bolton game, Brentford. It's one of those games where you look at it and go, "Is it a winnable game?" You know. And obviously, we went to Brentford under Simon Grayson, three one up at half time, um, and, and threw that away. It was you know, it's funny in it. We had that three-all draw at the weekend, um, which we'll talk about in the immediate future. Um, but you know, it was going back a little bit. Was the three-all draw at Brentford maybe the the turning point for Grayson for a lot of people, where they just went, "No, we've got to, we've got." To. And obviously, we had the three-all draw with Bolton, which was his last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. last I think game it, in charge. it certainly was for me. I don't even think it was the draw itself. I think it was more Grayson's reaction to the draw. Yes. Yeah. So Grayson came out and he did his usual thing, where he asked himself a question rather than just accept the one he was given by the interviewer. And he said, "All oh, it would you have taken the point against Brentford before the game? You probably wouldn't." I was sat there thinking, "Like no, Simon, you wouldn't." I mean, particularly when you're throwing up at half time. But if you, if that's the attitude that your manager has, it's going to subconsciously get through to the players. If that's his demeanour, that he's going to accept the draw, even if even if it is before the game. It's like I think the point we made at the time. But what games are you looking to win? Yeah, it was almost as if he was wanting to choose the games that he wanted to. Yeah, to win, like, exactly. And like, them um, <laughs> should have chosen more wisely. Cause, uh, <laughs> the only one won in fifteen. but but no, it wasn't. I mean, three one at half time as well. I mean. We talk about now after the Bristol City game, they should be kind of like buzzing off that game and be really high on confidence. Well, obviously, I think we were all at Bristol um, at um, Brentford away earlier on the season, and um, they got Hero's reception at half time when yeah, they went off. Honestly, you'd think we'd won the league that day, and then again when they came back out for the second half, they got like a real big like raw when they came back onto the pitch, and they went and gave like a really flat performance. So you wonder sometimes if this side of it like it, it is really fragile the, com- the confidence, and if things are going our way then we can ride a crest of a wave to a certain extent but the sooner as like one little thing goes wrong and dents that plan mm. we tend to just like regress so much so it's like you say the Brentford game in theory it's a game you look at it's Brentford they're kind of a bit inconsistent and they can be got at and I think the thing about Brentford is the, the player like the player like a possession based style of player like Hull do like um, Fulham do and we've actually been better against teams to try and play football against us rather than kind of apart from Reading 
Well, direct change. Well, you, you always have to have a, um, <laughs> a thing that like proves a rule, don't you? Yeah. So an exception. <laughs> an exception. Yeah, yeah, a thing that proves a rule. Yeah. yeah. If a thing falls in a forest right, and nobody <laughs> sees the thing, I talked about standards earlier, and I've just done that. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we'll come on to the Brentford game in more depth at the back end of the show. That feels like a more logical approach to things. But yes. The Bristol City game, what you were saying actually is quite poignant about the um the the last Brentford game where we were I was, like it was amazing the the reception they got going off at half time. You know, it felt as though that was you know, would finally cracked it and then people were being booed off. <laughs> the manager was getting, you know, we want Grayson out chance towards it and and this time Bristol City Coleman was saying, you know, we're booed off at half time, shade off at full time. And everyone, everyone's had the discussion this week about momentum. You know, the momentum of that result. And there's been all the talk about the formations, which is something we should probably touch on. Really, I mean, how, how, how much of an effect do you think the three at the back has had on the results? Because that seems to be the talking point among Sunderland fans at the moment. I think maybe three five two is a system we can play in an ideal world, but the problem is it's not an ideal world at the moment. And I think the Coleman, to a large extent, he was starting to shoehorn players into the three at the back, which didn't necessarily work. So I think the tactical change at half time last week did pay off really well. And going forward, particularly at home against opposition, you would like the you would want to take the game. They would like to see us go back to four at the back. I would as well. I think I think you've got it really. I think especially the way the game changed. Bringing uh, bringing McGeady on for all he's been quiet now for a few months, I think certainly if you can get him to the, him into the team, you're gonna have to. Doesn't really fit into the the sort of the wing back formation, does he? So I mean, I think, I think that's the biggest attractor from the three five two. It means we have to leave our more creative players on the on the bench. Yeah, and particularly as I say, if you between now and the end of the season, we need to win far more games. I mean, we've got the fewest wins in the league. So we need to change. Yeah, we, we need to change our statistic really quickly. So we need as many creative players in the team as possible, particularly with um, our lack of firepower up front. I mean, Madrid and the Sorrows and Pressfords have been have only got a goal apiece. Fletcher basically is a non-goal scoring striker, isn't he? When you look at his career so far, he should have scored that on Saturday. Exactly. So as I say, we need to, we need to create as much as possible, and then maybe like chipping in goals with McGeady and maybe Luwalawar off the bench. Mm. We need these players in the side, basically. Well, you. It's going to be difficult to get that balance right, even in a, yeah. a five or a, you know, four three three or a, or four five one, whatever you want, a four four one one, whatever you want to play, or a four four two. Still going to have to get that balance in midfield, and I think again that's going to, that's going to alter the the, the system in in some respects as well. I mean, because of the kinds of players we've got available. I mean, on that point as well. Availability of players, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, McNair's back, Williams, Williams is back, Corney's back, Adam um, Matthews, Matthews is back. We hopefully have Wilson back soon as well, and um, which is important when you look at the the fact we've got the the two centre backs on loan. Um, I think if he plays four at the back at the weekend, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brown and not in the, not I'd, involved. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, if Corny is fit, particularly because obviously you'll have the two centre backs in Clark Salter and 
and uh, and, and O'Shane and, and love Corny in reserve if, if he's just coming back from injury, I'd imagine. So, yeah. so say we had um, all our centre halves fit, what would um, your ideal centre half partnership be? Oh, I'd probably go with O'Shea and Corny. Oh, oh would yeah. that would be so, my yeah? It's just because I've heard um, a suggestion of maybe like Corny and Clark Salt with the bottom for me. I just think that um, you need Corny and Clark Salt are both players who need people to guide them through games. Yeah. So I think like them two together might be a little bit of a recipe for disaster. So I would probably go along with your thinking with having like the experienced head of O'Shea alongside Corny, who's got a bit more kind of presence and physicality about him. I think um, at, at, at Birmingham. Corney was probably the best of the three centre backs, um, and, and played through injury in the second half as well. Mm. Um, you know, Clark Salter, I think, on on one side of the coin, when you took those two on loan, young on loan centre backs, you got Clark Salter there, who's played a bit in League One. He played Bristol Rovers, had about eight nine games there, I think. So his experience is limited, but though he makes mistakes. You can't fault, I think, his effort and his, you know, he wants to do the best he can. I think Browning on the other side of the coin, he's had a season and a half of championship football mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the, his attitude, he looks, he's, I thought he was, he, at times he's lazy. Yeah. I think he, he's, he's lazy. He's really struggled as well the last the last few. I thought initially, I thought he was one of sort of the better performers in the first half of the well, season. Well he does all the good things yeah. he's capable of doing, he looks he looks good, like when he steps out with the yeah. ball and when he um you know, he, when he wants to impact the game physically and stuff like that. Saturday but though. When he does when he doesn't fancy it Everything go. Everything goes. I mean, it's a perfect illustration of the point you were making before about the contrast and attitude. I mean, I know it's very easy in an isolated situation to pick up on these things, but the second goal on Saturday, you've got Clark Salter who's breaking his neck to try and like, stop the ball on the line, and Brownman seemingly just sauntering back. Well, he, not seemingly. Well, he, he was. He was. <laughs> he was yeah. yeah. Literally sauntering back. Um, and you know, you see, in, in incident in isolation, but. A goal. It's a key incident yeah. in the game. So, it's well, they nearly scored. A, if you look at the third goal as well, there was almost like an I just before that, like, there was an identical passage of play. You think we'll he, the just, <laughs> he, he just missed it. Like, he got a toe end and put it wide, and then the same thing happened. Yeah. And they made a third. It was just ridiculous. And the first half was farcical, really. I mean, I guess that like, some might argue, and, and fairly as well, that maybe in a culturally a back three is is something that you don't, we don't play or and and. Maybe there's an argument to say it's evident in the the mistakes are, are, are partially down to the the back three because maybe they don't understand who they're picking up or who who's who's man's who when to pass somebody on. Um, for me, it's I, I, that's a fair point. Mm. I don't think um, playing a back four on Saturday would have made everything a whole lot better because you know who who. I'm sure one of the centre backs had um, Flint as the as a marker, so you're not talking about passing a player on there. You're talking about going with your man and, well, and 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 dealing with the situation, which he was left. It looked as though Browning again had 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 yeah, him well, and let him go. But everyone knows like Flint scores a lot of goals. Exactly. And he, he's def- he's obviously From set pieces. Yeah, but he brought the ball down and took it around the goal. Yeah. Like yeah, it, if he'd won a header. Fair enough. Well, not fair enough, but sort of. You can understand that he brought it down, and then 
it was ridiculous. It was yeah. Like how how was that allowed to happen? It's not good enough. Well, it, you know, it was a defender's ball, wasn't it? And he, they happened it, to decide to leave it. Um, I mean, it, the, the goals we concede at times are a joke, and I think you know Chris Coleman's alluded to that himself. Um, I, I think I was why Coleman was so angry even at yeah. full time because he's looking at that game and thinking, yeah, brilliant, we got a free all draw, but if we just stayed in that game a bit longer than we did, we could have won that game because Bristol City, we saw how fragile their yeah. confidence was. When we, have, when we started going top, yeah, we've got an excellent knack as well of giving a goal away just before half yeah. time. Yeah, key moments. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a terrible knack going in with the game gone, finished at yeah. half time, um, which, which doesn't help. You know, especially at home because people, the people are fragile. You know, going to the game mentally, people just go home. Yeah, and you, you can't blame them. Really, they've yeah. seen. They've seen it week in week out for for too long now, um, and, and it's a, a fundamental issue. So, you know, maybe maybe getting on the front foot, even though it might be risky because we'd be a bit more open. If we had the back four, they'd at least kind of know they know how to play in the back four. So there's no excuses there. Yeah. They can say, you know, we we know what we're doing. We're comfortable. That's fine. Leave yourself a bit more open and maybe go at teams. And even if you come in, you know, say we we've gone at Brentford and we go in a goal down or nil nil or whatever at half time. I think if the if if the team is going at Brentford, then mm-hmm. I think people are probably more inclined to think, well, you know, we, we are in the game. Yeah. Whereas if we set up as some would maybe perceive as a negatively, then going in one nil down, people can't see your way back into the game. Um, which I think is, you know, trying to over, overturn a three-goal deficit. You know, it, people look at that rightfully as the, the game was over. Mm. I mean, I I abandoned it like at half time. I just thought, you know, it went up the shops. But I put it on the radio, and you know, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, it it, 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 it was weird, mixed feelings after the game, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be. There was the initial elation, wasn't there, for about an hour or so, and then when the dust settled, you kind of thought, yeah, but the first half was still abysmal. We're still three points off getting out the bottom yeah, three. Yeah, we, we lost, we lost, yeah, we actually we lost, lost ground. ground and, yeah. uh, and we can't even get out. Even if Hull lose and we win at the weekend, we can't get out anyway because the goal difference. Like 12 nil. Yeah, because, well, I think more. I think about 20 nil. And the goal difference is... Uh, I watch us only win 19 nil as well. Yeah. yeah. I suppose if Hull get beat. Yeah. The goal, mm. the goal difference is shocking, so... Well, it, but it was a relative strength, though, wasn't it? Before, it's strange how it's just slipped away and turned into like a well, one of well, is it? It's not the worst, is it? But it's it's pretty much on par now. With we've conceded three three or more goals in in ten of our thirty games this season, or thirty one games. Impressive. Um, and I know some people have suggested as well that well, it's a back five. Well, no, because we con- we're conceding a lot of goals with back yeah. with a back three. Uh, anyway, so when we were Bolton and um, Ipswich, well, yeah, Ipswich scored seven Brentford. goals against us this season. Yeah, a two 0 defeat at home with them was an improvement. In yeah. to the five yeah. two. We, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had them on the ropes. We had them on the ropes at four two. But you know, you have to, you have to hope that they can find the positives from that second half and. You just want to see 
more aggression, I think, from a de- from a defensive perspective. Um, the, I don't think I think that's been a major issue um, across the board where there's not been enough aggression. Yeah, they don't seem to give that many fouls away. <laughs> Do you not think? I think no. we give. I think we're really awful no, giving fouls away no, around but, the box. Yeah, but not fa- they're like stupid fouls, though, aren't they? Like, yeah. I mean, sort of like you know, you you want somebody? You mean some proper hack? You mean we don't do enough? I we don't do enough of that. Like, well, I mean, but no, but it, you got to show I a mean, bit more. Spe- speaking of aggression, I think in general, though, we just need to see more from the senior pros. And to be fair, on Saturday, I think Catamol almost dragged yeah. us to yeah. uh, to getting the point, and and hopefully, you can replicate that performance because when Lee Catamol plays like he did on Saturday and how he did against Solvan, he's invaluable, really, in the mm-hmm. championship. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a, a real positive in heat, but he's got a he's got to do it at. In, in the game at the weekend as well mm-hmm. we've got the thing is we've got to almost he's going to have to balance it um, but he's got to he's got to go go into it I think a bit more with a bit more positive mindset yeah um, I do point that 3-5-2 is a negative formation I think it's an attacking formation it gives you good balance um, but I think I think I think a lot of people have kind of sort of turned off by it now that if, I think it'll give people a boost yeah. if he does go with a yeah. four at the back. I think it'll give people a boost if McGeady's in the team. Um, bec- and, and, uh, I mean, is there an argument to say that McGeady now, regardless of how he plays, we almost go, we go four at the back. McGeady, you're in the team, mm. barring injury, injury suspension to the end of the season, because he's probably the person with the guile, the only person with the guile that we need. To to, to yeah. get us the goals, to create the goals. I think. I mean, because you saw um, at the weekend. I mean, I think him and Luwalo are possibly the only two who will take shots from range as well. Who, if we get into a situation on the edge of a box, how many times the ball sat up for us, but we tried one pass too yeah, many. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's frustrating. So that's another strength for McGee. I mean, you saw his pot shot against QPR earlier in the season when there was nothing on, and he hits it, and the goalkeeper's flat footed and ends up mm. in the corner. Mm-hmm. So as I say, McGee, he's just capable of getting you a goal out of nothing. And I could maybe see the argument of not having McGeady in the team if you had a Lewis Graben who would score who would score yeah. a goal as well like with nothing or if you gave him very few chances. But like I said before, we don't really have any natural finishes now. Yeah. So as I say, we just need all the goals and all the creativity we possibly can. I mean, it's it's a, an incredible sort of downturn for McGeady. I mean, in the you know in the first few months of the season, we were kind of saying, has there ever been a a better bit of business? Two hundred fifty <laughs> grand for. <laughs> For that player, you know that how influential he was, and how positive he was, and how you know teams couldn't handle him, and he was scoring goals, creating goals. I still think, you know, as far as players I've seen in Sunderland, I would say I've not seen a player with like as good two feet like he's got. His close ball control is brilliant, isn't it? Because you don't, you don't, you wouldn't be able to tell if he was left footed or right footed. Yeah, you know, and I've not seen many players at Sunderland like that. Obviously, he's got other issues which have. You know, prevented him from playing at the top level. That's why he's here, isn't it? Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's 31, and he's you know he went to Everton and he had a little bit of a spell there, and then I think he scored in his debut for Everton. Actually, I remember against Leicester. Mm. Um, but he never really, he's never really done anything. And obviously, he went to Spartan Moscow and actually you know did all right there. But nobody would pass him. I think the load of Brazilians wouldn't pass the ball to him. Um, which was weird. They Just didn't want to be ball. upstage by him. Yeah. Was it? Well, <laughs> wouldn't pass the ball. pass the ball to each other. It was a bit strange. Um, a bit off racist. Yeah, 
it's against the Irish. The Brazilians <laughs> against the Irish. A lot of racism. Anyway, um, I don't know where I go. Yeah, I've had to go back and edit something else now, which I'm not going to. By the way, you probably you might be able to hear the cut earlier in the in the show. Um, so you know that, that's that's something for you. To Behind the curtains, the wind, rewinding left. If you have to go and edit something else, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he, he probably is key. And like say, Loire, Loire did well against um, against Birmingham in particular when he came on. Mm. Um, obviously in, involved in the um, incident with Fletcher at the weekend. Yeah, it was where, the shot, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Ajari's a funny one because I quite like him, but I think. He's only had two games of men's football. Yeah, he hasn't played at all for anyone, no. has he? Other than Liverpool under twenty three. No. So. I think with Ajari, you maybe need like two like very defensive midfielders screening them to give him the, like the freedom yeah. to go yeah. forward and express himself. Well, I don't feel as though he could play in a in a two. Not nowhere. Um, mm. He's got the physicality, but that doesn't mean he can like break no. up play or the no. attributes required to play at that no. position. I mean, Williams could probably play. In in a two, in my opinion, um, and you've got obviously McNair coming back. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting, and Gibson will come back as well. Remember, in oh, a, yeah. probably in yeah. April. You'd think. Oh, I've got a feeling they'll be out for the season. Do you think? Was it eight to twelve weeks? I said. Mm. Yeah. So when was it? Was it the was was it Christmas? It was boxing was it Boxing Day? Boxing. Is it or New Year's Day? It was Barnsley game. Barnsley game. Yeah. So you talking? So that's six weeks. So you know we might be talking. You know, he might come back for the last few games. Come back for the Wolves game and yeah, score so, and keep so, us up. <laughs> get himself a new contract and then go. get injured again. Then get injured again. Yeah, celebrating the goal. Well, we, we, tell you what, talking about people getting a new contract. I forgot he was out of contract. Obviously, we're going to be about fifteen players down in the in the summer because he's going. Loal, Loal, go. Billy Jones will go. Um, O'Shea's out of contract. O'Shea's out of contract as well as seven loan players. Um, Ethan yeah. Robbins out of contract. Yeah. Um, so. I think you'll be guaranteed to renew contract away from Robson, won't you? It might. Depends. I mean, you might, you might go off elsewhere that he thinks I'll go and do that. I don't I think. Mean, fin- I don't think financially will get a better deal elsewhere. Well, they were talking. I know it's just paper talk, but they were saying about Celtic and Celtic Rangers coming in from. I mean, Celtic went in from. You'd, you'd probably go, wouldn't you? I mean, he's not. He's not guaranteed to play. You know, every week at Sunderland, is he? Yeah. I mean, he's probably quite. He's played and he's done but all right. Guaranteed a game every week at Celtic. No, he won't. But yeah, that's a fair point, I guess. But you probably earn more money, and you know, you're going to play at a higher, higher level in Europe and stuff like that, aren't you? True. Um, but I think it. You know, there's. It's you know, you got Honeyman as well. Actually, you know, who's played in the two at the weekend, and obviously he was wasn't in the team the week before. So yeah. a lot of options in midfield. I think if he plays a four. You know, you got the option to play him wide, but sorrow has been so good you recently. Can't, you you can't, can't take him out of the team. So he's, he's, he's undroppable at the minute, sorrow. So you'd probably have him wide right. Who would you play in the middle? Centre midfield for the weekend. Mm. Or oh, we should be talking about it. We've gone too soon into this conversation, <laughs> haven't we? Um, so we need. We should probably hold off on right. on that bit. Um, so what we'll do, we'll we'll have a little break, and when we come back, um, we'll have a look at some tweets. And uh, there's a very good question that's being posed. So um, we'll have a chat about that as well. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Yeah, so as always, we um, put a shout out on Twitter, see if there's any questions anybody had. Um, this week we're going to read some of them because uh, we always forget sometimes you get <laughs> deep into it and forget so um, yeah well let's have a look so the the best question which, which posed the response was um, from author Chris Weatherspoon boxing fan Chris Weatherspoon um, who wrote the, the short change book I think it's available still by Kindle, so I don't think you can get it and pay it back copy anymore. Well, sold out the print editions. He's a sellout. Um, so Chris, <laughs> yeah, you put if you could. This is it's a great question. Like, because I mean, there's some obvious answers, but um, if you could change one event, just one mind says um, in the last decade of the club's history, which would it be? Um, in, <laughs> England getting beat off Iceland in the. <laughs> in the Euros yeah there we go. I mean we've got somebody said um, not letting Big Sam speak to England that's from Mark Cameron um, I don't know if you could have really stopped him from speaking to England I think he would have well, I wouldn't like to try and stop him from doing anything yeah. Yeah, uh, if you'd done that Poyer's waiting team at Hull somebody said that as well <laughs> not exactly original but Nick Holden said that as well have you got a serious answer um, I think that was a semi-serious answer because like if we if we beat Hull that day, then you've got another semi final at Wembley, which would have been against yeah. Sheffield United, and you've got you've got another stab at the another final at potentially. The final. So, yeah. I mean, Craig, Craig Clark said win the League Cup final. I mean, that's a well, pretty that, obvious. Yeah, yeah but I think you can kind of. I was just going to say, Barini's uh, Barini's second chance when he was through, and company just got back. Do you know what? In a way, I don't mind that he missed that in some ways. I'm not blaming because, him because. He was like miles offside. Like he was about five yards offside. Mm. And 
people would have been like, you know, oh, good, you know. I it would think have been I would have con- taken the cup surrounded, with us. Sur- it would have been shrouded in controversy. Oh, I, 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 I would have quite would've, enjoyed Yeah, that. exactly. I think I would have, like, <laughs> preferred to win the cup and a few people pour scorn on it. Yes. <laughs> not the win Rather the cup. than not win the cup. Would have poured the scorn from the cup. <laughs> <laughs> cup full of scorn. Piping hot scorn. Piping hot scorn. Um, um, I think another one would probably be um, the chat that uh, Defante had with um, Ellie Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> just go and stop it happening somehow. <laughs> yeah. No, the, that, um, yeah, that League Cup final is a bit of an obvious one. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just It's weird that, that that wasn't the first thing that sprung to mind for me. Well, um, I, think I think we all did. Mm. I think the, the one for me is definitely, and I've talked about this in the show before, is um, the Everton Cup replay? Yeah, yeah. Under All being downhill from there, isn't it? It has, and that that would be the one. If I could change one, I'd win that because obviously we would be in the semi-final. Um, mm-hmm. We're really bouncing, you know, and, and everyone felt as though you know something was going to happen. Was I think it was quite. It was a really like warm night as well, wasn't it? Like the yeah. time of year. Like I remember <clears> the stadium looking like everyone was in replica shirts, just pretty much like the whole stadium looked yeah. like very like red and white, like colourful, yeah. vibrant. And as I say, it was just always up. The stage was all set for yeah. us to win the game, and I, then I think the um, David Vaughan on goal was the perfect start <laughs> of the tremendous to the start of the Sunderland banter era, wasn't it? Really, the last five years of bizarre things that have happened, it was the perfect start because that it did that signalled the set the ball rolling fantastically, it did. didn't it? Um, it did, and I just feel as though there was so much on that game, so much hope and expectation and. You know about if we can do if we can you know do this and you know really felt as though there would have been momentum and after that we had a bit of a weekend of the season. Yeah, yeah um, it's, it out, it's, it? it's even it's even more but we kind of fitting it was David Moyes who managed Everton that night yeah. as well. Yeah, and Kiriakos played centre half. Yeah, in a strange but, move. The banter just keeps on rolling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously we signed the uh, signed Adam Johnson might be a, a controversial oh. one. We've already I'm not getting into that. Um, that whole thing would be something that you'd like to change. Um, but there's lots of things off the pitch. I think embarrassments that uh, could have been avoided um, that we that we'd want to change. Um, yeah, but you know, you look at the start of the season after the that with O'Neill as well. And we brought in Johnson and Fletcher, Fletcher, and we thought you know we'd have Johnson one side, um, McLean the other, Sessegnon in behind Fletcher. It was going to be brilliant, and then we start the season. Fletcher scored six goals from seven shots. Um, we yeah. had we had about eight shots in our first <laughs> yeah. six games. The strange thing about that season was, though, I think we um, I think we were on thirty-one points in like late January, early February, but then we just went on this ridiculous winless run. Yeah, and I think I remember saying after we beat Wigan three-two away from home. I remember saying to someone, I think, oh, we could not win another game between now and like April, and we still wouldn't be in the bottom three. And I was like, lads, there's no need to actually go and like, prove my feet. <laughs> I wasn't asking you to, like. <laughs> Alfred and Dyer's debut, that was at Wigan. Set up the first, set up a lovely goal. Mm. Marauding down the left, put the cross in for Fletcher. Ah, that was. Um, good. Was that the one where that the keeper initially goal. saved, if any? Like, you probably ah, like the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He scored a great um, free kick in that. Well, it was like set up. Free kick, I think, and he like smashed it in the top mm, corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that you know, that was probably the last time I think Sunderland fans really enjoyed the football. Yeah. Um, and oh, sorry, I, I tell a lie. 
definitely under Allardyce for, uh, for, for his I spell. The, the back end of a Poyer season, the Great Escape, obviously, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And, and I think um, I think Poyer as well, I mean, no matter whose fault it is, I think um, it was just a massive shame what happened that summer with, like, obviously Alonso leaving, etc., etc., et and they kind of... Etc., 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 Lots of etc. I only said it twice. Um, I know what saying. <laughs> it was more than two etc. in my opinion. It was a heavy. He's, he's pulling me up on everything tonight. No, I wasn't pulling you up. Yeah. I was saying it was very. There was lots of bad things. Yeah, yeah. There was just kind of like a chain events would never sign key, obviously. Um, and it was just a lot of players who you think, oh, if we could have kept that team together, yeah. we could have like Barini. So basically, that left hand yeah, side because he went that left hand side basically disappeared over mm-hmm. the summer. And then we had Connor Wickham trying to like replicate that system, and it just never worked. Yeah, I mean that was. It's it's amazing, isn't it, how we've gone into so many seasons and over the last few years thinking, right, yep. this yeah. is it. We did it. Well, Advocat back was like, right, this is it. Wrong. Allardyce. That was That was it. it though. And then he went. Um, you know, pre- previously, I don't think anybody really felt it was... We had it cracked under the canio, to be fair. I think there was probably a fair few sceptics like the Poyet thing you know he, to be fair Poyet is a Sunderland manager as a whole you know probably did all, the best of, of of a fair few in in recent years I think Poyet certainly has like the best memories yeah. of any manager yeah. yeah and O'Neill obviously you know that was another example where that was it felt as though that that was the that whole area there was the, the time where things started to, to turn sour and the frustrating thing is we spent we spent money, you know. We spent best part twenty five million quid on two players, and then the six million for Danny Graham as well. Yeah, Danny Graham. And that's um, for for whatever reason. That's thirty million pounds worth of players as well who we didn't get a penny back for. Yeah, they all just walked away. Didn't yeah, they? well, well. And that's, yeah. but that's just some like, were led away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but that just is like <laughs> a, that's just a microcosm of our business and how bad it's been over the last few years, really. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> That was a, thanks, Chris, for that. Uh, <laughs> that was good. That, that was a good question, though. We didn't have many answers on uh, on Twitter for that. Actually, I quite I, I thought you'd get we'd get a little bit more. Um, Richard James Purden says Niall Quinn leaving. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's it, a little bit butterfly effect. That one wasn't it? It's like it was quite an inconsequential event at the time. Yes. Him yeah. Stepping aside, yes. but it's really like left like a ripple throughout the club. Really. Since. Yeah. I mean, I think people were quite. In a way, quite sort of philosophical about yeah, it when he left at the time, yeah. weren't they? And you know, people had started maybe pointing the finger at Niall a little bit as well. Some mm. of the things that were going on at the club, and maybe thought, you know, I've done as much as I can. You know, and you know, thank goodness he did take over when he did because we, we were probably in a as bad a position as we were as we are now then. And but obviously we're in the Premier League, and you know, really him coming in with with. Drummerville and then Keane and all that reignited things. Um, yeah. We need that now. I think we've probably got in, in the manager in Coleman, but I think as Coleman's kind of has suggested today, in some some quarters, we're going to have to spend some money in the summer, and that means that the ownership has to change because that isn't going to happen no. under the current regime as no. we've seen. Um, so if that happens and how it's going to happen, I don't know if anybody's got any ideas of how it could uh, well, well, that. Has anybody well, we're spare make some money? Has anybody got a spare £40 million <laughs> pounds that we could uh, no, sort of Check harvest. down the back of the sofa after the podcast, see what we can find. Yeah, there's yeah. no sofa in here. 
I said after the podcast, Gareth. When after we all, the when we all returned, well, when we all returned, when we humble the boards. Right, okay. Well, I, I would, you know, we'll check under the chairs. Yeah. Check, check all nooks and crannies in Sun FM, see if we can find some money. Um, got a question off Adrian at As McCormack. Um, says how many canned burgers? I don't like can tinned burgers. <laughs> Thanks. Um, can one man consume in a single meal? Well, I reckon Sam Allardyce. If, the, if 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 Sam Allardyce is that man, I reckon he could put wrestlers out of business. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think he fancy tin burgers. To be honest, no, no. I don't know how many he could eat. Five, six. Are they just on their own? I've never had. To be honest, I don't know. Like I've still got that. Actually, the lad do. I'll have to dig out the winner of this signed Stephen Elliott signed tin signed a tin of <laughs> yeah do you know what it is that's at home I put it under do you know what I did I put it under the bed on my side didn't tell my wife that I had this but I didn't want to go well <laughs> I've got a tin of Wesler's Burgers signed by an excellent player and then she'd go why why and then I'd have to explain so rather than go through the conversation I just took them upstairs and hid them under the bed because I thought stay, they'll stay out of the way and I'll just post them when when the competition's over, they're gonna have to put. They're gonna say, "Is there anything of value?" Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is something of value. It's invaluable. There is literally will not be anything like this in the world anywhere. <laughs> there is not. I can t- guarantee you now. There isn't a tin of, of of tin. There isn't a tin of tin burgers signed by Stephen Elliott or any other or footballer. Anyone. There's probably not the a tin. It's a very valuable. Very valuable piece, and that is why. Did you buy them? Yeah, I did. How much were they? Ninety-nine pence. How many would you get in? Two. Mm. <laughs> it's got more appealing. <laughs> well, if you got like six, like that yeah. would work out like fifteen pence a burger or something. It's pretty bad. Uh, it, I think forty-nine it, pence a burger. Yeah. We shouldn't probably dwell on it. Um, Did you save the gravy content far, like, outweighed the... the yeah, actual- <laughs> I think the gravy was, like, 70% or something. 70% gravy. Con- 70% congealments. Um, but, yeah. Well, we, we should probably go on. We've segued beautifully from Tin Burgers into the game on Saturday. I think we're at the at the time to talk about the match. I feel as though we're ready to go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about the team... Um, and, and obviously we've all kind of we've all decided I think that there is going to be a back four um, so I think it's a case of what system do we play around that back four um, and, and you know who's of the forward players who's going to be involved and who's going to miss out so any thoughts, suggestions I've got an idea I feel that you might go McGeady one side Sorrow the other, Fletcher through the middle, mm. then Honeyman with Catamore and Williams in the centre of midfield. Um, I don't think Coney will come back in um, yet, so no, I think he's... it'll be Clark Solter and O'Shea, obviously Oviedo at left back, um, probably Billy Jones, probably Billy Jones at right back, I think, unfortunately, um, and Lee Campman goal. That, that's I think now we've got so many options in there, it's, it's probably difficult to. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see to Matthews by a fullback. Like, I will, I will, if he's fit. Yeah, definitely. If he's fit, I mean, there was an interesting argument put forward um, that he's probably had his best games at left back. Yeah. Um, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. 
but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put him. At, I'd put him at right back. I mean, I, I don't know what. He, I think the back four probably all in agreement on. Yeah. Or the back yeah. five. I don't think anyone's thinking we'll Just have Steele we in for on, camp. Like, I'm not suggest. I'm not suggesting obviously like to put Jason Steele back in goal. But what's everyone's impression of like Lee camping so far? I mean, on plus really, I, I don't think he's done anything yeah, terrible. Yeah, same. But he's, he's not really like made had to make a good save. But that's through no fault of his own because yeah. like, he, hasn't, he hasn't been. But this is a endemic. I mean, we we we. we it's not like we're under siege. We yeah. just like every time there's an attack, we concede. <laughs> yeah, or we create a mistake for us, and they score. He did um, make a de- I think he did make a decent save in the second well, he came, half. He came out late on, didn't he? Smuffed yeah. the ball yeah, when Billy Jones pulled his shirt well. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but you know, who cares? Um, well, he did his job, didn't he? So. But yeah, the, well, yeah, the players in front of that back five, <clears throat> including the goalkeeper, not the back five, five mm. at the back. Um, what are your thoughts? Obviously, Catamore, I'm assuming everyone's Catamore thinking Catamore. Yeah. I mean, what kind of shape are you looking around that? Are you thinking? I'd say I'll probably have like, if if Ajari was in the team, I'd probably try and have like two sitting and like um, like two sitting behind Ajari, a bit more advanced. I would play Catamore and Williams as in the middle, two, yeah. holding as a two with Ajari in front of them, Asoro one side, McGeady the other, and Fletcher down the middle. I just think if you play Asoro, McGeady, <coughs> and Fletcher there as the three I feel as though you want the work rate of Honeyman so in, would, in you maybe drop, would you maybe drop Ajari then to bring in that's what I've said yeah, yeah. I'd probably say Ajari would drop the bench with Honeyman going yeah. there not the worst idea in the and world and he's got he's got, five, he's got four goals this yeah, season yeah definitely he's created some stuff um, for us as well um, as I say I think he'd have to be like a bit more advanced of the two because like, he's, yeah. not, he's, he's not a centre midfielder but yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in there with Catlamall and then Ajari in front. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a bad choice, like you see. Yeah. It gives you the energy, the work rate. Yeah. Like you see, he chips in with goals yeah. and the assist for Sorrell's goal against Souls yeah. a really good ball. So when he plays well, Honeyman, he's, he's you know yeah. what I mean. He's been quite consistent so far. And it's his first again. It's his first. It's yeah. been his first season really, isn't it? Apart from yeah, exactly. I mean, he might be twenty-two. But he's had the experience of an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. yeah, I think he definitely. Um, I think if you play the two wide men. In Sorrow and McGeady, I think he has to find a way to accommodate Honeyman just for that work rate, yeah. um, purely. Um, That's and, fair enough. But yeah, I think you know it's, it's good that we can talk about those options, and then you've got people that come off the bench. You know, if Williams doesn't play, Vajari doesn't play, if McNair's going to be back on there. You've got Luarlawata come in there. Yeah, he's looked pretty bright, him. Yeah, to be fair. Birmingham and uh, Saturday particularly. I think as well, if you've got someone like McGeady who does sometimes fade. Mm-hmm. In, late in the game, you can take him it's off. It's a good like bring, for like, isn't it? Yeah, and bring yeah. bring uh, Luar Luar on. It's it's like for like in a sense that he's definitely going to bring a bit more pace. Mm-hmm. You could put Honeyman wide, yeah, and then put Luar Luar through the middle if you wanted. People um, like Gooch and stuff still on the bench. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Gooch uh, didn't get on the bench um, with the options I've got well, now coming yeah. back. Because um, if you on the bench, you could have people like Corney. One of Ajaria, Williams, Madger. M- McNair, Madger, um, you know, so Luar Luar. Um, I think the way that speaks volumes of how much like Honeyman's come on because of eighteen months ago we were sat talking about Gooch and Honeyman, and you'd be saying one wouldn't make the bench and one should be in the starting eleven. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you yeah. Would, like Honeyman's overtook Gooch in this yeah. development stage. Ah, which right, is, definitely, definitely. So I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Hopefully, whoever. He puts out at the weekend carries on from the from from Bristanbul as Bristanbul. people as people determine it, um, and we see some 
you know, people go home smiling, and then we've got the massive yeah. game, which we'll be talking about on on Monday night against Bolton. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's such such a huge game. I would say that's if we draw Brentford and beat Bolton, fine, because that for me you can't you cannot lose that game and you you, no. you need to win it because you need to you need to start pulling the teams around you in. But we'll talk about hopefully we'll be talking about a Sunderland win on Saturday and trying to carry more momentum into that Bolton game. Um and Stephen will be back as well I believe. I say that. We'll we'll see what happens in the next few <laughs> days. Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.